1: covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the 6 Man Show. Today is August 28th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Silvia. Luke, uh, good day, good evening. How are we?
2: You know, we've... Uh... Your birthday was recently, Jonathan, the old thirty thirty, 30 on, uh, I believe, was that Friday? Mm-hmm. Then you, I got mine on Tuesday, and uh, kind of a joint birthday gift we're getting is potentially a hurricane. So, yeah. we're, uh, would we, they, I think, Idalia, Adalia, something like that, they forecasted to maybe hit, you know, where we're predicted to get this hurricane, at least, you know, definitely somewhat. So, uh, it's hurricane season officially.
1: Yeah, everyone in Central Florida... Please, uh, as you're listening to this, make sure that you're getting you know, prepared. You never know what's going to happen. You know, obviously, we're all watching the storm. And uh, yeah, right now, Luke and I are both in the uh, quote-unquote cone of uncertainty where this thing is going to end up. So obviously, we'll keep you all updated. Our boy, producer Kevin, uh, is out of town. He's on the West Coast. He's in Vegas right now for a, a work trip. So if there is some kind of hurricane and, and Luke and I are both without, you know, the facility and the uh, ability to record, we don't really know what that means for uh, Thursday's episode. So obviously we hope everyone would understand if we didn't release an episode on Thursday, if there was a, you know, natural disaster. So, but we'll keep an eye on that. And you all know, we'll do our, our very best to to make sure that we're able to put out an episode on Thursday. Luke. Not a lot of Orlando magic news. You know, if it were not for the World Cup, like we would really just be like, there would be nothing to talk about really. Obviously on the, the last episode, you know, we relayed the the awful tragic news about the passing of Stan Van Gundy's wife, Kim Van Gundy. And what was that Saturday afternoon? There was a, a photo that started to circulate. I think Marchin Gortat, posted it to his Instagram first, I believe. And then Jameer Nelson posted it to his Instagram story. And then we shared it to, to Twitter. Just a, obviously awful, horrible, tragic circumstances. Like would never wish this upon anybody. But like this photo that we're about to describe came across my feed and I just could not help but just be incredibly, like the the 14 year old kid in me was like giddy at the the site of this photo. So obviously you have Stan Van Gundy, who's sitting in between uh, Sid Powell, uh, who is, you know, long time uh, equipment manager for the Orlando Magic and still works within the organization. But then right next to, you know, him on the other side, Jameer Nelson, you've got Vince Carter in this photo, Patrick Ewing, got Mikhail Pietris, Richard Lewis, Quentin Richardson. You have freaking Dwight Howard. Like regardless of, of what you think about Stan Van Gundy and, Dwight Howard's relationship the fact that Dwight Howard was here for what I'm assuming was Kim's like celebration of life like that just made my heart so happy and and really speaks to uh you know Dwight Howard we got March and Gortat here we've got Ryan Anderson you've got Dante Marcatelli, just like you know uh, big pieces of you know that that 2009 team and uh yeah just awesome photo like to see the smile that you have on on Sam Van Gundy's face like going through what he's going through but just being surrounded by people that he loves and that love him just m- really made me happy seeing that photo I'm just happy for everybody uh that they, that they were able to see each other
2: yeah and I, a lot of it and what you could expect from a scenario like that right obviously everybody's sharing stories of of Kim and Stan and you know what their marriage was and how people will remember it forever you know trading those stories but you just see, like, even the 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 smile that's the most infectious on the camera to me is Jameer Nelson in the front. He is grinning from ear to ear, just tells me that they were they they were able to reminisce, and I, I think that that is so cool. And it, that's the the barrier we don't get to see get broken down, right? Like we don't get to see what these guys' dynamic is outside of this run that they had as a team. We don't see Dwight and Stan, you know, and their conversations they've had since. Everything that happened happened in Orlando, and I, I think it also just kind of we 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 talk so divisively about all oh, this Dwight versus Stan thing and and what is this and why you know why it's so wrong and who was in the wrong and was Dwight bluffing was Stan you know full of it whatever right? We have these conversations that in the end make you look so silly because you see this, and I, I love what Marchand Gortat you know put on his Instagram. Where he says, you know, we all came to support our leader and one of the best coaches in the history of the game, Coach Stan Van Gundy, and so the the, the stuff makes you emotional, like just being able to to read about it. I'm on the verge of tears reading the caption. Like that team was so special, man, um, and I, I'm I'm grateful for it, and uh, and grateful for that team and the the picture and the the. Just the, the the reunion.
1: Somebody, somebody cutting onions in here. That what was is happening? Just right so now?
2: desperately needed, man. I didn't what expect to get like this, but, um, but you never know what's going on, and I'm just so happy that those guys were there for Stan. I'm sure it meant the world.
1: Yeah, man. Just uh, again, like you, you just talked about it. All the drama and rumors between. Dwight and Stan, I'm sure, you know, there's, there's a lot of truth on, on both sides of of the story. And, you know, Stan now, you know, comes out and says, you know, Dwight did not try to get me fired. Who knows what the, the real truth uh, of the matter is when it comes to that. But like when, when it doesn't matter if you haven't talked to somebody in a long time, when you've, when you've gone through life just in general with somebody and you've gone through the wars and like, you know, the, the good times, the hard times that, all these guys shared you know their their time in Orlando like that sort of stuff like links you and and bonds you with people forever and like this is when you really get to show people unfortunately it, you know a lot of times it it takes something like this something tragic like this uh to just show up and remind somebody like hey i don't care what has happened in the past, what's been going on with us lately I'm here for you, I love you, and you know again, like white being there and like being there with Mikhail and, and Richard and Jameer, especially, you know, those guys being and you know, marching those guys being so incremental to that 2009 team, like your sentiment was shared with a lot of people. Like, man, this photo is amazing, but what would I do to have a team like that again right mm-hmm. now? So like, again, the 14, like 15 year old kid in me, like saw this and I was just like, man, I freaking miss that. Like, Yeah, not not only how good that team was, but just like they they were kicking, you know what? Like they were (laughs) killing cats. Like Mm -hmm. they weren't just oh, you know, barely winning. Like this is a team that was was blowing out good teams on a regular basis and was having a lot of fun while they did it. And you know, you and I, we we talk about this all the time, and not to any way make this about us. Like we've gotten to live out like dream after dream after dream, doing this and getting. To know people within the organization and like if you're a fan that follows this team and you hear the way that people talk about the organization or or the the chemistry and like the you know family atmosphere and you're wondering like oh how much of that is real like it is very real like when you're in the building everybody knows everybody everybody says hello to everybody everybody seems to care about everybody and stuff like this like you're you're reminded of that and it just makes you again, like that much more proud to to root for a, and support a, a team and an organization. And really what you're supporting is, are these people that work for this team day in and, and day out? So yeah, man, just beautiful sentiment that you just shared. And this is just like a, an awesome, awesome photo. Like This photo is, is going to come up again eventually someday. And mm-hmm. we'll be like, man, that was an awful tragic time for stan but like look at the way that those guys like rallied around him and were there for him and supported him just awesome photo
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
1: Well, I don't know how we're going like supposed to follow up that last segment, like pretty much impossible, but we're gonna do our best so in regards to the magic, obviously we've been very diligently following the FIBA World Cup as we have uh, you know what is it five guys, Franz Mo, Paulo, Joe, and Goga that are playing for their you know various you know countries at the FIBA World Cup, and I gotta be real. I don't know if you can see these bags under my eyes. I am driving the struggle bus right now. I've been, I I did not get up early on Saturday for Georgia versus Cape Verde. I just, I I couldn't do three days in a row at 4 a.m. games. Like I, I really couldn't do it, but what was that Friday? And then today on Sunday, getting up before the butt crack of dawn to watch these games and they've been a lot of fun. It's been exhausting but these games have been great. So FIBA World Cup day one was Friday the 25th. Uh, started with Australia at 4 a.m. beating Finland 98 to 72. There's been a theme with these, like really all of these games, Luke, is like the, the, the country that you really don't expect to have much of a chance in these games. Like they're coming super strong out of the gate and like getting leads on these teams. Like we'll talk about the team USA game in a little bit, but Finland, you know, Lowry Markinen and uh, what was the other, other gentleman's name? Celine, Like those guys were coming out playing with so much energy, so much pace. This was like a blistering pace to start this game. Uh, but once we got really into like the second quarter, Australia sort of took over and uh, this game wasn't really much of a competition. Our boy Joe Ingles finished with 13 points, four rebounds, two assists. Patty Mills, 25 points for Australia, eight points. Uh, I'm sorry, 25 points, eight rebounds, two assists. Josh Giddy, the near triple double, 14 points, nine, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. Luke, do you know that there has never been a triple double in the history of the FIBA World Cup? That's Josh crazy. Josh Giddy came one rebound and two assists away. At whatever he is, 20, 21 years old, like this close to just being the first
2: ever guy to have a triple double in the world. I, Cup. I wonder why that is. I know it's something to do with the play style and, 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 and everything there, but I don't know. That's still crazy to me. You would think that someone would have gotten it. If anyone's going to do it, it's Josh Giddy. Like, that guy is a walking triple double. Surprised Luca hasn't done it. True true i wonder if he's too busy just backpacking on the offensive output production with points but still like you like crazy you talk about mr triple doubles right like that's pretty wild to me your your boy dante axum i see uh 10 points your uh your 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 hoped for magic draft player there dante axum 10 points Funny
1: story about mm-hmm. about dante exome i was at the 20 some people might already know this but i was at the 2014 nba draft party that the orlando magic hosted and this is when it was like just I, it's still general admission but this is when you could go and like sit down like on the floor mm. like floor seats so i sat underneath like the south baseline and as the magic are making their pick there is like a cameraman there from the orlando sentinel and was videotaping me my then girlfriend now wife and my brother-in-law i believe was there with us and i think i think maybe uh if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time i think Will Robles might have been there with me and i was the the international man of mystery that year Dante Axum coming out of Australia with the fourth pick i was locked in on Dante Axum that was my pick and it was Aaron Gordon and you see me just ah oh. <laughs> not happy about that and i was really wrong about that but yeah dante Exxon was awesome like came into this game when they really needed like to to get to the rim that was the issue with australia early in this game just he was he was great in this game
2: yeah yeah i mean then like you said australia obviously takes over wins this game by not even close right they they win this game by a lot uh what is that 26 points i think so yeah uh, finland Larry Markkinen can only do so much. He put tried to put the team on his back and just couldn't get it done. Yeah, 19
1: points, eight rebounds, four assists, four turnovers for Larry Markkinen. I tweeted this out. If you've been, I guess you don't really need to be following Utah to know this, but uh, Larry Markkinen, you know, being a, a Finnish citizen, before you're a certain age, I think it might be before you're 30, you have to have like a year of like military service in like the Finnish military. So because of his job, he's been able to break that up into two summers, I think like this summer and then next summer. So I I tweeted out, like I'm, I'm wondering how much that like stint or obligation has affected him because three of the four turnovers that he had in this game were like some of the absolute worst turnovers you will ever see in a basketball game. Like there was one, I want to say it was like early in the fourth where he literally just like threw the ball to Australia. Like there was no mistake about it. They're obviously wearing very different color jerseys, like just throws it to Australia. A couple earlier in the game where he just absolutely sailed them. But yeah, I mean, shooting the ball, he shot the ball pretty well in this game, but uh, out talented mm. is exactly the way that you could describe this and could describe a lot of these early FIBA World Cup matchups. Happy and later with
2: 25 and 8.
1: By the way, and he, and he, in my opinion, didn't even seem like he was that good. We'll talk about Australia and Germany in a little bit. I watched that game this morning. That I mean, that was freaking. Well, it was sixteen hours ago. It feels like it was three days ago that game. But Patty Mills absolutely put Australia on his back in that one. Let's talk about Germany. So on Friday at eight ten. Uh, Germany faced off against Japan in their first World Cup game, and they won 81-63. to 63. Mo Wagner uh, leading all scorers in this one, 25 points, 9 rebounds. Uh, Franz Wagner, 10 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, but rolled the left ankle with 4 minutes, 55 seconds left in the fourth quarter, which caused him to miss their game today against uh, Australia. We know Franz is a super tough guy. Was photographed walking around in the boot. Never a great sign. Hopefully, it's just sort of like precautionary. And now, Germany is basically clinched advancing to the second round. Although they probably want to, you know, beat Finland and and, and make sure that. I th- actually, I think at this point they will have clinched the group because even if Australia wins and Germany loses, they'll be two and one and. Australia will have the, the head-to-head tiebreaker. I think in FIBA World Cup, it's a head-to-head tiebreaker. But uh, when it comes to seeding in the second round, Germany should still be able to take care of Finland. So maybe we see France sit, but who knows. But the last thing that we want to see, the point that I'm trying to make, is the last thing that we want to see as Magic fans is one of these guys getting hurt in the World Cup and it potentially affecting the Magic's regular season. So that will be something that we need to keep an eye on. But some of these first round matchups for these teams, it's just Japan does not have the talent to keep up with a, a team as stacked and as loaded as, as Germany. Same thing, Finland and Australia. I know we're going to talk about Team USA and New Zealand in a little bit here, but yeah, it's just the it's great that these teams are are being represented and these nations are being represented in the World Cup, Luke. But you just don't have the talent to stack up with a, a team that's got you know three or four NBA guys on it.
2: Would you prefer Franz Wagner not play the rest of the group stage or sit out entirely? Or what are your what are your thoughts? Because it, it takes a lot for Franz to sit out. And I don't know who makes this decision. I don't know if maybe, which I doubt this is the case, that the Magic are more lenient on letting guys say, no, I'm good to go. Uh, as we know how conservative the Magic are with injuries. So I, I, I just got to imagine that it's it's not a great injury. He's walking around with a boot. He's not playing. I don't know if it's just being handled differently because it's not his NBA team. And maybe he's worried about it and, you know, whatever. I doubt he is. But who knows? I don't I'm not sure. But it does make me wonder. Uh, our buddy Fazan texted me today and uh, our writer. And, and he said, would you prefer Franz to stay out of playing in FIBA at this point? As a result, he said, do you want Franz to suit up again for Germany or would you rather he sit out in preparation for the regular season to ensure optimum health? I said, I'd rather him sit, but I understand what is at stake here. I know they take a lot of pride in playing for their country, so I don't think it's likely. But as selfishly as a Magic fan, I wouldn't mind if Franz just got DMPs put on the on injury report basically for the rest of the tournament at this point.
1: So, Fazan also texted me, and uh-huh. I don't think you'll be surprised to learn that my response was different than yours. Of course. But I do think they sit him against Finland because you don't like necessarily need that game. You know, you've already clinched advancing to the second round, and you beat Australia without Franz. You can definitely beat Finland without Franz. So, yeah, I mean, if he doesn't play... So, their next game is set for Tuesday. So, if he doesn't play in that one, then their first game of the second round won't be until Friday. So, that'll be like, what, six days of rest for him on that ankle? Like, if he's going to be able to come back in this tournament with that ankle injury, you would think like six days rest is going to be enough. My thing is like, sure, you could sit him for the rest of the FIBA World Cup here. When they start you know practicing probably like the last week of September, like the sort of like voluntary runs and scrimmages that they'll have before training camp starts, he could tweak his ankle thirty seconds into that and and still miss time at the beginning of the regular season. so this gets brought up any anytime that anybody is hurt doing anything during the off season, whether it's a a workout or some kind of you know you know um black ops run or a pro am or the World Cup or Eurobasket, whatever. It gets brought up every single time. Like these guys can get hurt doing anything at any time. So yeah, I would especially like, you know, France was upset today by Lithuania and they're basically eliminated from moving on in the World Cup. So that's like one of the quote unquote favors already knocked out. Slovenia it's gonna be really tough for Luca. Greece without Giannis, Serbia without Jokic. Like Spain obviously still really really good team usa like germany has a real chance you know they were up what was it 15 on the usa and they're you know they're they last friendly germany is capable of beating any of these teams like in a you know, single game so i i think it would be a great story for germany to advance deep into this world cup and have a real chance at winning the world cup so yeah i understand people that want them to sit like if if Franz gets sat for the rest of the World Cup, like I'll be bummed out. But th- to me, it'll it'll more say that the injury is pretty significant because yeah. we've seen this kid play through everything, like two rolled ankles in like you know back to back games, a torn ligament in his hand. Like the kid mm-hmm. plays through everything. So yeah, I would I would love to 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 see him, uh, but probably doesn't need to play against Finland in their their last group stage game. Moving on to the FIBA World Cup day two, Uh, the Magic only had one matchup or or one relevant matchup, I guess you could say, was Goga Batadze. Admittedly, I did not wake up to watch this game. Like I said, I wasn't going to do three days in a row, waking up at 4 a.m. and then going back to bed at 6 and then trying to get up at 8 a.m. or whatever. Wasn't going to do that to myself three days in a row. For Georgia, I'm more so going to be focused on their matchup uh, against Slovenia. I believe that's going to be Monday as you all are listening to this. Yeah. Georgia versus Slovenia 7:30 on Monday and then we've got USA versus Greece at 8:40 so I'll probably be jumping sort of back and forth between those games. But in their first game, uh, Georgia beats uh, Cape Verde uh, pretty handedly, 85 to 60. Goga Batadze off the bench, 15 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists. Like this game just was never Really close, like close a little bit in the first quarter, you know, as most games are. Um, but like Georgia was up by, you know, 20, almost 30 points for the majority of the second half. Uh, just really dominant effort for them. Uh, and yeah, if they can beat Slovenia, Georgia has a really good chance to just win their group outright. So uh, good on Goga playing really, really well. Great to see that.
2: 15 and 11 for old Goga off the bench. I, and And the best part to me, getting into the free throw line, shot ten of them and went and made ninety percent nine for ten from the free throw line for Goga. Happy for him, hopefully gives him a little bit you know momentum what we hope for all of our players, but specifically Goga, we could really use him being uh that serviceable come the regular season. Luke,
1: let's take a quick second to give a special shout out to our patrons. Uh, the wonderful folks that help support our show and help make each and every episode possible. Uh, If you're interested at all in joining our Patreon and helping support us do what we love to do, uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show, where for as little as $2 a month, plus we have some other tiers. Again, you can just help make every single episode possible. And part of the benefits for our Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons is we shout them out on every single episode, so we'll go ahead and do that now. As always, starting with the court cousins Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player, History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, The Distract, Donkey Punch Dave, Paolo and Francis, Warren, Pierre A, Nostalgia, and m&ms Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Drum, Drummy, Drum, Drum, Danimal, Dotto 15, Bobby Skinner, PB in the mix, Gody 93, Teddy sylvia Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Geraldo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Squeelan. Destin for Greatness, Kayla Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, ESPN, Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce. Half Recon, 177, Bulby the Dawn, Himlo Ben Himro, RM Prof 221, Rapistrana, Magic Kid 714, Spanking Season, Soft Taco, Johnny B, Fuego Nando, Victor Colon, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampe, Random Hustle, Only Franz Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Currency Kev, and Bruv Sal. A big thanks to all of our patrons. Again, you can find us at slash the six man show. Luke, moving into like the second half, I guess, of the FIBA World Cup day two uh, for the Magic. I know I said that day it was really only Georgia and Cape Verde, but I forgot that we were sort of breaking up this conversation because uh, we wanted to have that break in the middle and then just really excited to talk about this game. USA beating New Zealand 99 to 72 and talked about USA being down early. Uh, they were down by 10. Early in the fourth quarter or first quarter, Paolo checks in. USA goes on a seven and nothing run. Five minutes in the first quarter, Paolo has five points, three rebounds, two blocks. Just completely dominant in his first stint. Uh, Paolo also played the last minute and a half of the second quarter with Jaron Jackson being in foul trouble. USA led forty-five to thirty-six at the half. So credit to New Zealand again, got up big on the U.S. in the first quarter and. Kept it respectable in that first half. Paolo checks in like a minute and 45 seconds into the third quarter again. Jaron Jackson Jr. picking up a a foul. He's in in foul trouble. And Paolo just has this phenomenal, like, it it was like a transcendent, like, out-of-body experience, I'm sure, for him. It felt that way for me. Like, watching this kid dominate as a 20-year-old, fresh off his rookie season on the world stage, 12 points in the third quarter, including back to back threes. The second, like being like this, like step back, like off the dribble, just absolutely disgusting. Uh, 12 points in the third quarter again. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. starts the fourth quarter. Paolo checks back in with just under six minutes to go. Jaron Jackson Jr. fouls out. And in those, the last, uh, you know, four minutes or so before he's, uh, Checked out of the game. Adds another four points, two blocks, one rebound, one assist in four minutes. Ends with 21 points, eight of 10 from the floor, three of five free throws, two of two behind the arc, uh, four rebounds, four blocks, and probably like three other shots that he significantly altered. Added one assist. He was a plus 22 plus minus in this game, Luke. Just absolutely fantastic. By far the most fun that I've had so far through this world cup, like Paolo just being the best player on a team that features four all stars being the best defensive player on the floor in this game in a game that also featured this year's defensive player of the year leading team USA to a victory in the, the group stage just like could not have been more excited and just happier for Paolo. And also for us because
2: the kids just amazing. He is, and just the ability to come in and do this, like you said, as a 20-year-old, and and capitalize on all of it, right? He gets basically starter minutes. He has the fifth most minutes played in this game of anyone you know, on the USA team, right? So you, you had guys like Anthony Edwards, Jalen Brunson, Austin Reeves, Paolo, and uh, Bridges essentially getting the most minutes on the team in this one. It was super nice to see that, you know, that Kerr was willing to just ride the hot hand, acknowledge that Palo was taking over and doing his thing on both ends of the ball. There was no reason to take him out to because there was nobody else better to put in for him. He was having that good of a game making plays on, like I said, both ends of the ends of the court and efficiently 80%, eight of ten, two for two from the three point line. This was a game that Magic fans can get excited about because of Paolo Bencaro, and obviously we get the acknowledgement afterwards from the media, right? Even, doesn't matter, it didn't matter which, you know, who I saw tweet it, whether the reporter had 10,000 followers or 100,000 plus followers. Made me super happy to see that they were tweeting about Paolo in a positive light, people that don't cover the Magic and aren't fans of the Magic, saying... There's two guys on this roster, this Team USA roster, who I think are going to be great players one day or will continue to ascend in Anthony Edwards and Paolo Bancaro. So just incredible to see from Paolo and super proud of him.
1: So the uh, the comments made by Bill Simmons about a week ago now uh, that came after the uh, Germany-USA friendly at the USA showcase in Dubai like both teams last friendly before the World Cup and in that game again U.S was down like 15 I think like in the third quarter and Paolo was in the game helped start that run for the US and sure he missed you know some free throws late in that game. We know that Paolo hasn't been a fantastic free throw shooter so far we all know that he needs to improve on that end I mean he missed two free throws in this game. But it's just because Paolo's not a great free throw shooter. Bill Simmons, uh, in his uh, conversation, I think it was with uh, Jacoby and and Kevin Wilder, if if I'm not mistaken, he framed that as in like, oh, I'm going to file this away for like a couple of weeks when U.S. is down five in like a semifinal game against France, which, you know, funny enough, France was eliminated today. But like, I'm going to remember that Paolo, you know, missed those free throws. And this just becomes a question of like, who's ready for this? basically alluding to the fact that he thinks that Paolo may not be ready for this world stage. And the fact that the first chance that Paolo got to follow up those comments was to like, it wasn't even close. Paolo was the best player on the floor for both of these teams and like just doing it defensively as well. We talked about this on the, you know, a couple episodes ago, I think, but just how like Paolo hasn't been asked to score in, like carry like the offensive load for team USA. He's been asked to rebound and basically be a rim protector and get out on the break and move the ball around and facilitate and he has absolutely shined and excelled in that role. Four blocks for Paolo Banchero. If you would tell me that he was going to have four blocks in a World Cup game, I'd be like there's no way. Like maybe a block or two, maybe even three, but four blocks and there were a couple other attempts by New Zealand that I was sure that Paolo got to. So he absolutely affected those, was really close to blocking those. And yeah, on a team with Tyrese Halliburton and Anthony Edwards and Jalen Brunson and Austin Reeves and all these other guys, like Paolo was the best guy on the floor. And you and I have been talking about it for a couple of, I don't know, maybe a month, month and a half now, since we found out that Paolo was going to be playing for Team USA, that. There was a legitimate chance that Paolo was going to have a real big impact on this team, and we're seeing it now. And I'm just super stoked once these guys get into like the second round and like the quarterfinals, semifinals. Palo has another performance like this. Like, I have no idea what I will do.
2: This isn't, uh, this whole situation is, is very foreign to someone like Paolo, right? You come on to this team that is like not the best of the best, but the best he's ever played with, and that a lot of these guys have played with all, alongside. And this isn't a shot to Brandon Ingram, but it is not uncommon that guys who are used to being the guy can't exactly figure out how to not be the guy, like they can't really grasp it. I don't, you know, they're not used to it having to 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 be second fiddle, third fiddle, whatever it might be. Brandon Ingram comes out with a quote that I'm sure a lot of you have seen up to this point because its I, I haven't been able to avoid seeing it. It's on every headline when talking about Team USA. Brandon Ingram says, this is totally different than what I'm used to. The team is winning right now, so I can't be selfish thinking about myself. But it's a little frustrating right now for me, and I'm just trying to figure out ways that I can be effective. Again, this isn't a shot to Brandon Ingram, but guys that have been in the league as, as much as Brandon Ingram, guys who have averaged 27 points in the playoffs like Brandon Ingram are having a hard time figuring this out. Paolo Caro, I don't know if it's his attitude, I don't know if it's per- his perspective, or just the fact that he is a, has the ability to be as effective and impactful as he can be as someone who's six 6'10", 20 years old, big body, and just willing to do whatever the team wants him to do. And the team and the game just came to him. Because Brandon Ingram in this one, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 35 seconds, two points, 1 of 4 from the field. I just can't help but compare the two because of the quotes, Paolo talking about just his willingness to do what the team needs and then for him to come out and have a game like this. It is awesome to see Paolo step in and uh, and because he very well could be struggling still with with what his role is. I'm hopeful that This means he gets more opportunity and that he continues to seize that moment.
1: He was asked by a reporter today, and I apologize to this uh, young man because I can't remember his name, but basically was asking Paolo, how do you feel about playing this role? Do you see yourself playing more five like in the NBA? He's like, yeah, he's like, I absolutely can do that. You know, I want to be as versatile as possible and just contribute anywhere that I can. And a lot of guys will sort of repeat that rhetoric like you know i'll do whatever it takes whatever the coaches ask of me i'll do like paulo has been the absolute epitome of that you know through the first you know five friendly games one of those which he didn't even really play a ton not super involved offensively but you know we talked about it definitely averaging at least a, a block in each one of those contests And like he's embracing this backup five role like this. I'm I'm in this game right now to defend and to be a rim protector. And he has just excelled at that. I have never been more convinced that Paolo Bancaro will eventually be able to do whatever he wants to do on the basketball floor whenever he wants to do it because he is that hard of a worker. And he is supremely, incredibly, just disgustingly talented. I don't think it's realistic to ask Paolo to carry the sort of offensive load that he will for the Magic this year and also defend at the level that he's been. I just don't know that it's physically possible for one person to do that, at least not in his second season. But he has shown flashes playing with Team USA that I don't want to say like all NBA defense, but like could be like a legitimate plus defender and one of the best scorers and playmakers in the league like i've never been more confident and more convinced that Paolo could be a top 5 player in the league
2: yeah he's showing it that's for sure it's not and it's not about the opponent because he does this and people are like oh yeah whatever it's new zealand bro like the people that just want to troll right it's about the fact that he's doing it with the teammates and the town he's surrounded by that he he is able to assert himself and feel the moment and know when to hit the gas and when to hit the brakes. Kids just got a feel for the game. And he has it, and anybody listening to this right now is not shocked by me saying that Paolo Bancaro has it. I don't, and we've said this before, and everybody says it. I don't know what it is. Paolo's got it, but it becomes way more important. And 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 can escalate what that mean, what it is, right? It us saying before this, during this season, Paolo has it could have meant he we could see him being like a top fifteen talent in the NBA. Us saying now that Paolo has it could translate to he could be a top five player in the NBA. So it has all, it has all different meanings, and Palo is going to continue to have it, but. It, it will continue to find out what that is.
1: You can't define it, but when you know, you know, when someone has it and you know, when they right. don't and he does,
2: and he does, you can't say he doesn't. That's for sure. And like I said, it's just going to continue to change meaning as his performances become more as his presence becomes more felt. It's going to be a wild ride for Paolo Bancaro and magic fans. I don't know where this train stops. I hope it's on anytime soon.
1: And back to your point about Brandon Ingram, I, I think I made that point a, a couple episodes ago that he hasn't like really been that impressive yeah. through like the first few friendly games with Team USA. The other guy, and it pains me to say, and I, I know I've said this too, is Cameron Johnson. Like He has two points in this game, 0 of 3 from the field, makes a couple of free throws, has a rebound, and two assists in you know, 16 and a half minutes in this game. Those two, Cameron Johnson and Brandon Ingram, I think have struggled more than anyone through, what is it, six games now with Team USA to really like find their role and and find how they're going to be able to contribute to this team. Like when do we start to have the conversation? And I'm not saying like Paolo Bancaro should start, right? Like Jaron Jackson Jr. is an all-star. He was the defensive player of the year this year. Like Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to start, and I understand it, all right? But this lineup of like Austin Reeves... Ty, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, Mikael Bridges was in there a bit with them, but Paolo and Josh Hart like, ha- were just absolutely dominant in this game, and they were also great in the game against Germany. Like, Josh Hart had a 28 plus minus in this game. Austin Reeves had a 19 plus minus. Paolo with 22. You know, Tyrese Halliburton and Mikhail Bridges both with 13. Anthony Edwards, Jalen Brunson both with 13. But I just cannot help but feel that like the ball just moves so much better when like Tyrese, Austin Reese, Paolo are on the floor together. Obviously, Josh Hart is making a huge impact. They're able to switch so much more defensively. It just feels like they they have more chemistry and they play better together. Like as we get into the quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals, and you know, it's a three or a four point game with two, three minutes left. Like, I can't help but feel but like that should be the team's five. And Palo's been great, right? 20 years old, was fantastic in this game, won the, you know, the player of the game, got a nice trophy to go along with that. If Paolo stacks up another performance or two like this, Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, struggled with foul trouble in this game, I'm sure he'll clean that up. But if the team just continues to be so much better with Palo on the floor like they were in this one. At some point, like, I think you just have to be like, hey, these are this is our best five. These might not be our very best five players, but this is our best five person group. And you just got to go with it because like they were they just took this game over and were, we're dominating.
2: Yeah, I'm very interested because and before we move on here to the last game that we'll talk about. Very interested to see what this will mean for the magic and what Mosley is maybe willing to try more consistently when it comes to a small ball lineup with Paolo at the five and playing a similar system that he's able to been ball out, you know, to ball out and, and allows you to get some other guys in the lineup that, you know, you didn't think was possible before. So that's another way of thinking of this. Obviously we're always thinking with the magic perspective. How does this impact the magic? I think this opens a lot of avenues for the magic this year. Little uh, Joe
1: Ingles at the four Paolo at the five. Franz Wagner at the three. Mm -hmm. A lot of uh, fun possibilities. It's going to be, like you said, interesting to see how Jamal Mosley handles it. All right, let's move on to the last game that we're going to talk about here. Uh, World Cup day three, uh, Germany versus Australia. Obviously, a lot of people had this one circled on the schedule. No Franz, though. Again, due to the, the left ankle sprain that he suffered against Japan. But Germany beats Australia eighty-five to eighty-two in an absolute thriller. A little bit of a controversial ending, but this game starts with an eight-to-nothing run for Germany to start. Thirteen straight points uh, for uh, for Australia from Patty Mills. Uh, after that point, to make it sixteen to thirteen, uh, Germany still leading at that point. And then again, Germany has this great start. Patty Mills just with the Herculean effort to bring Australia back into this game, make it close. From that point on, like this game was legitimately about as back and forth as it could possibly be the rest of the way. I want to fast forward to the fourth quarter. Uh, Josh Giddy ties this game up at 79 with 2.05 to go. Next possession, Schroeder is fouled, makes both free throws. A Giddy layup ties it at 81 with a minute 36 to go. A Schroeder layup makes it 83 81, Jeremy with 46 seconds left. Daniel Tice fouls Josh Giddy with 31 seconds left. He splits the free throws. Germany's still clinging to a one-point lead. Germany inbounds the ball. Schroeder is incorrectly called out of bounds with 23 seconds left, but Germany had already used their challenge and could not review this play. Josh Giddy, I, I kind of miss how it happened in this play, but he came up bleeding from his arm, like his elbow during this. They could not get the bleeding under control. So Josh Giddy actually had to be subbed out of this game, uh, eventually get subbed back in, Uh, But uh, a Maudo low layup with two seconds left gives Germany a three point lead. And then Josh Giddy has a half court heave at the buzzer. There is a little bit of contact on that heave. To me, it looked like after the release, but you're just not going to get that foul call on a half court heave at the buzzer. So Germany basically escapes again. No Franz Varner in this game, but Germany advances to the knockout round. Just Awesome, like all-star performances in this game from Dennis Schroeder, who had 30 points in this one, 30 points, 10 of 19 from the floor, five of nine from behind the arc, added eight assists. And what was that? Four steals for Schroeder. And then Maudo Lowe. I tweeted, I think like towards the end of the third quarter that Germany was going to need more from Maudo Lowe than they had gotten up until that point, especially with Franz being out. And Maldo, I think he had like eight points in the fourth quarter, ends up with 20 points, eight of 12 from the floor, four of eight from the three-point line, including like a huge bank three in the fourth quarter. Um, those guys were just awesome. And then Patty Mills, 21 points, nine of 14 from the floor for Australia. And then Josh Giddy, again, 17 points, uh, three assists, one rebound in this game. Just this was a, a a really strong just back and forth effort in this win. Germany clinches moving on to the next round, and I believe clinched like winning the group in this game as well. Luke, just like two of the best teams in this tournament going head to head. No Franz Wagner, Germany still coming up with the win. Just like further solidifies my thinking that like Germany has a real chance to win this entire tournament.
2: Yeah, like you said, without Franz as well, that kind of is the most positive indicator that 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 Germany can hang with anybody without him obviously Schroeder steps up huge but uh yeah it it will continue to be fun to see when Franz gets inserted back into this how far Germany can go because you know like you said solidified getting out of the group stages already and that's when the fun will will really start in the knockout rounds Looking forward to the next few days
1: here as the FIBA World Cup continues. We mentioned this a little bit earlier, but Monday at 7.30. So as you're listening to this, you might be listening to this after and you already know what happens in that game. But Goga Batadze in Georgia taking on Luka Doncic in Slovenia at 7.30, followed up by the USA versus Greece at 8.40 Eastern. Then on Tuesday, not looking forward to this time slot here, Germany versus Finland at 3.30 a.m. Eastern. I'm going to be keeping a close eye on the updates with Franz Wagner because if Franz is ruled out of that game, I I may not get up at 3.30 a.m. to watch that, that game, uh, admittedly. And then on Tuesday, 7.10, Australia versus Japan. Then on Wednesday, uh, Georgia versus Venezuela at 4 a.m. And the U.S. versus Jordan at 4.40 a.m. And that'll uh, wrap up the first uh, round of FIBA world cup and wrap up that first group stage. And then as all of the standings are solidified, that's when we'll get a better idea of what those second round matchups are going to be. My understanding of the second round is that you're going to be placed into a group and uh, two of the three teams that are in that group are going to be teams that you haven't played before. And those will be the two teams that you play. So you won't play like Australia won't play Germany for a third time, for example. You know they'll face off against those other teams in that group. If what I read, uh, if I understood that correct. So obviously, you know, as long as there's not a hurricane and we're able to release an episode uh, for Thursday, we'll go ahead and update you with what those uh, groups will be like in the the second stage and what matchups that we're going to be pl- paying close attention to and and what you want to look out for, but. Uh, it's been an awesome uh, FIBA World Cup so far. The games have been so competitive, so much fun. If you haven't watched these games at all, maybe maybe you don't have to get up for the 4 a.m. games, but catch some of these 7 o'clock and, and 8.40 games. They've just been really competitive. Guys are, are so passionate. The fans have all been awesome. And it's just, it's been a lot of fun. You know, our, our best players are playing in the World Cup, so why wouldn't you want to watch it? it? It's just been great, Luke, but... I think that is going to wrap it for this one, Luke. Do we have anything else? No, I don't think so. I think that's it. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this one. Uh, again, if you're you know potentially in the path of this uh, hurricane that's coming, please make sure that you prepare. You listen to your local officials. If you need to evacuate, evacuate. But everybody stay safe. Hopefully, we'll be back with an episode on Thursday. Again, that's going to do it for this one. For Luke, Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show. And we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!